where death is a revolving door. Welcome to the Geek Matrix. Starting the show. Oh. <laughs> oh, and, and, <laughs> indeed we are. That's that's not the normal. Anyway, no, it's it's been updated for the uh, <laughs> for I the thought, live. I stream. Like, yeah, I thought it was just like fucking around. No, <laughs> nope. But here we are. No, that's uh, right because the old theme music was not a robot, and this yeah. is the theme music for Geek Matrix. Well, I didn't even realize we had new theme music. I thought that was just we were cutting that out. No, oh. it's uh, I, I think Josh has finally been able to figure out how we can hear it. Yeah, <laughs> while he plays it. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I see. Yeah. That's yeah, Josh, you, you you completely frozen. I didn't know what was going on. Apparently, it's because you were getting stuff ready. Uh, yeah, if I switch over to the starting scene, then uh, that's that's all that is. You guys are part of the cameras and the mics and everything are on live, yeah. but starting and ending and all that, we're all muted. Right on. Yeah, honestly, because it you were like mid sentence and then it just stopped and I'm like, oh shit, mm -hmm. I thought something happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no. folks, welcome to. The Geek Matrix DC Comics Review Show. This is edition number six. What? Sorry, one sixty-one. This is the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. As you can probably tell by my name, it's Rob here. Joining me, as always, are my wonderful co-hosts, Brandon. Hello, everybody. And Josh. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Sorry, no dad joke again today. I I dropped the ball. That's okay. I got. Uh, I got. I got. I can pick up that ball. Oh, nice. So, I bought the world's worst thesaurus the other day. Oh yeah. Not only was it terrible, but it was terrible. <laughs> oh, that that one is fantastic. And and, and did you did you hear about the breaded chicken that was also involved in a drive-by shooting? No. It was schnitty schnitty bang bang. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I think you've joined me on the bad joke mountain. I I used to be on it. <laughs> and then I, then I started hosting and you took over. I missed it. I feel like I'm home. <laughs> there you go. It's great. It's a great feeling. All right. <laughs> I think that got the show started in I good so. spirits. Yeah. Uh, so what's going on with you guys? Anything exciting? Any newsworthy stuff? Anything interesting? Anything to talk about? I don't really have anything. I've just I've been so busy this week. I haven't really had time to check. Actually, I wanted to bring up one of the solicits from last week that caught my eye, and I forgot to pull it up. <laughs> it's something to do with Batman meeting Santa Claus. Oh, oh. oh boy. Oh yeah, Batman Santa Claus Silent Night number one. There you <laughs> go. Written by luck. Jeff Parker. Uh, it's a. <laughs> It's 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 so silly that I can't wait to read it. The four-part crossover events of a generation begins when, when a not-so-jolly Saint Nick hits Gotham City to investigate a brutal crime in the days leading up to Christmas. <laughs> and apparently his one of his former students is Batman. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 
Uh, so Santa Claus is coming to town to oh boy. solve a murder. <laughs> I, um... I am so excited. Because <laughs> I love campy shit like that. I really <laughs> do. I, that's That looks amazing. Well, fingers crossed, right? Mm. I I definitely will have them. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm going to Fan Expo <laughs> on Saturday. Have fun. I, I I didn't know how to lead that or uh, <laughs> transition to that, so I'm just blurting uh, it out. Yeah. Uh, how this, about, this I'm a lucky bastard, cause. I'm going to Fan Expo. Yeah. Uh, Tomu Mori is going to be there, so I'm getting my copies. Uh, well, no, he didn't do 131. So Batman 127, which I got signed yes. by Chips Darsky. I'm going to get signed by Tomu Mori. And Jorge Jimenez, I'm coming for you next. <laughs> well, hey, if you want a, a trip to New York, you can meet him this October. I would love uh, to. Join me in the uh, the – this will be the third annual trip to New York Comic Con. Be a pleasure to have you. That is a good annual trip. I honestly wish I could. I, I still don't have my freaking passport. <laughs> Come on. I know. At this point, just cross the border illegally. I'll help. I'll just. You can't. I'll. I'll you find a way. Not. <laughs> no. I swear to you, that Canada border is more protected than any other border in the world, man. I don't know why either. Yeah. You used to be able to go over it with a without without even a passport. I used to drive over every single weekend when i was 19 because <clears throat> you know the drinking laws yeah. um but 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 uh yeah i never had to they'd be like where are you going to the bars you stay <laughs> stay in the night nope got, got, an, got anything you want to declare and i always had to refrain from saying war but um <laughs> That was it, man. Then then on you go. That was it. Yeah. Now it's I need your passport. Yeah, I need a, a there there's one of the crossings though was like worse than the other one. I think it's US into Canada now mm-hmm. is is worse than Canada into or maybe it's the other way. Canada into US is harder than US into Canada. No, can, huh. US into It's the Canada. other way. Yeah. It's harder cuz they got to like do a complete search like a sniffing dogs out open everything like if they suspect even if you're in a family of four you got to get strip searched like (laughs) you want to hear something horrible and embarrassing is all hell definitely um so i had a second job at a video store when i was uh 19 i mentioned that i went over there every single weekend um well one time i came back and uh i may have may have been a little buzzed and uh, hesitated into going the right lane. So they asked me to step out of the car. Um, I passed the breathalyzer, no problem. But it, whenever they pull you over, they always pull everything out of your car. Uh-oh. Well, that Friday night, the video <laughs> store had shut down its porn room. And oh. on Monday, I was supposed to deliver it to the to the the main store the main headquarters in detroit and uh 
like I said, it was a Saturday beforehand. So yeah. here I am, a little buzz at customs in front of everyone with about 300 porno tapes laying all over the ground, <laughs> being pulled out of my, being poured out of my trunk. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, oh like God, you should have saw the looks on people's faces at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that, that is Big Butt's what number nine? <laughs> <laughs> Did uh did, did you get them all back? Well yeah, they uh, yeah, yeah, but they they don't pick it up. You got to pick it up. Uh, but did did you count them? No. Was there a couple missing? <laughs> I, I I did not take inventory. I, my inventory was they filled up my trunk. Go deliver them. Yeah. Okay. All right on. Well then. All right. Um. First, uh. That ad for the Doomsday special coming up, is that going to be the cover? I hope so. They oh, usually are. They usually are. God, that's gorgeous. Right? I've never seen Doomsday look that good. That seems weird to say, but wow. Well, no, you're right, because like, the few times we've seen Doomsday, he's just been a mindless murder machine, and this looks like personality. Mm-hmm. Detailed personality. God, yeah. Gorgeous. There's one um, thing scarier than Doomsday. It's Doomsday with a mind. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Um, before we get on with the show, because uh, because I wasn't able to make it to Michigan, I just I wanted to say something just really quick, and then uh, we can get on with the show. But um. Uh, I, I lost a stepson last Monday in a car accident. Um, his name was Daniel Despain, and he was 31. We used to call Danny by his nickname Stanley Ipkiss, because when he was younger, he, uh, he loved the mask, and he used to do his impressions of him all the time. He was perpetually a goofball, and he loved to laugh. I'll... Never forget teaching him how to rap or how pissed off he would get when we played Wii Sports because he could not beat me. He had a heart of gold and he fell in love with nearly anything all of the time. Music, people, fucking blankets. When he was a teenager, he stole my credit card once to buy a candy bar and a soda. What a mastermind criminal. He could be mouthy and he could be a jerk. He did both very well, but he was. He was even better at being a son. I'll never forget our time together, Ipkiss. I love you. Sorry, I was supposed to keep that together. <laughs> it's okay, man. I get it. Yeah, no, it's... You, you gotta let it out. Oh, I've been doing that since Monday. But, alright, um, moving on. We got some honorable mentions that we will be talking about in the bonus show. Or, I will. <laughs> um, Batman Beyond, uh, number two? I think so. Batman Beyond Neo Gotham, number two. Uh, yeah. Batman The Adventures continues season three, number seven. Batman The Brave and the Bold, number four. 
Dark Knight Steel number 12, that's the end of that one. DC Ruby number 7, also the end on that one. And two more finales, Night Terrors Angel Breaker and Night Terrors Harley Quinn, both number 2s. You're going to have to turn into the bonus episode to see what we thought about those. They don't get quite as much time as the other books, but you'll hear about them and why they got the scores I gave them. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that was weird. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Oh. That looks like oh. that ingestion. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> oh. That was like a weird burp with some acid reflux. That was weird. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh... Yeah, well, that is the honorable mention. I guess with that, we'll jump right into our main reviews for the week. <clears throat> Starting off with Action Comics, or not Action Comics, Night Terrors. Action Comics number two. I guess that's just hopeful thinking on my <laughs> part. I can't wait for next week. <laughs> Night Nearly Terrors. Nearly at the Night Terrors will be over. And we get a Doomsday special to boot. I am sold for next week. But anyway, for now, it's Night Terrors uh, Action Comics. No, wait. No, I had it right the first time. Night Terrors Action Comics number two. Oh, goodness. This is written by Leah Williams with art from Vasco Georgiev. Colors from Alex Guimaras and letters from Becca Carey with a very nice cover from Rafa Sandoval and Matt Herms. Nice duality on the cover there. I really like that. We open up where we left off in issue one with Paige is still trapped in this machine of some sort. And she's going through the motions in the dream sequence. Keeps resetting, reliving, reawakening, and re-dying. Um, through various many different um, methods, I guess. Uh, every time she goes through a new dream sequence, some other way uh, gets the best of her. And and just it gets in her way every step of the way. Uh, to the point that she realizes maybe she needs to just give up. And she does, but it still didn't work. She still hasn't woken up. Uh, then she realizes she needs to maybe go another route. And it is... <clears throat> uh, and that is to find the source and she finds the um the middle of this spacecraft that she recognizes she's on a kryptonian spacecraft is the machine she keeps waking up in uh and realizes this being the source of energy if she can destroy that maybe she'll wake up she does and she does she instantly goes to find omen wakes her up and uh everything's hunky-dory until she takes a shower gets dressed looks out the window and there's a nightmare storm outside her window not over yet to be continued next week in night terrors night's end and in our backup for the week uh, written by philip kennedy johnson with art from miko swayan and fico osseo colors from romulo Fajardo jr and letters from dave sharp this finishes off our story with the super fam uh with osora and othora uh natasha connor and Oh my god, Super, Superman of China. Keenan. Keenan. Keenan Kong, thank you. It's always on the tip of my tongue. Uh, where Keenan, they're having Keenan the and one. Kel from uh, everyone's oh, favorite yeah. Nickelodeon that's, show, Keenan and Kel. That's a good point. Speaking of Keenan and Kel, did you see. Welcome to Welcome Burger. 
Or Good, Good Burger's Burger. getting a second movie. I didn't. I'm not surprised, <laughs> but I don't even. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the trailer yet, so I don't know. I don't yeah. know what to make of it yet. I, I, I haven't I looked at Good Burger. I figured ages. I figured that they were going to be bringing that back because last year uh, they did a Keenan and Kel skit on SNL. And oh, in 20 yeah. something years, Keenan's never done a Keenan and Kel skit. And they brought everybody back for it. I'm like, oh, yeah, something's happening. That's awesome. Welcome to Good Burger. Yeah. Uh, I'd, so now I'm not trying to give anything away here, but the the one. I, so keep in mind, I haven't seen anything with Good Burger since like it came out, so I'm not so brushed up on it. But um, yeah, Cal's character, he's dressed in the burger outfit, like his his like restaurant out like suit the entire time, <laughs> like. Okay. <laughs> Everywhere they go, at at like a fancy restaurant, for a stroll in the park, at like the DMV, he's just he's constantly in that uniform. And I don't remember if that was a thing <laughs> in the first Good Burger story, but I feel like they both wore it everywhere, didn't they? Yeah, I don't oh, remember. Hell, you're asking, it's been yeah, so friggin' long. So that. fucking long. But I just so thought that was, that was so ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was about to go on another tangent, but I stopped myself because I'm in the middle of a synopsis <laughs> about another show I should have brought up, but I forgot. All uh, right, so this the super fam is dreaming about cyborg Superman attacking them from beyond the, the something. Uh, he's not really dead. I was going to say grave, but something you know, something or other. Uh, turning Connor into cyborg Superboy, which again awesome fucking design and slowly turning the rest of them into cyborg versions of themselves too um with Ulthora and Ulthora being the only ones left but then they realize their power within and they're able to defeat the cyborg superman by realizing that they're not just dreaming about themselves with the family he's also dreaming this and they use that to their advantage uh, bringing back his old uh, friends, family, and teammates that he left behind that all died, and they drag him underground to end the dream as the family wakes up. And also they look outside, and they don't see a nightmare storm, but they just have a feeling. It's a, it's a normal night. I don't know why their sky is fine, but it does say it's to be continued in Night Terrors, Night's End, next week. Uh, we also get a tease once again for Power Girl number one coming out in, I believe, two weeks, maybe three. Um, I with know it's a little, <laughs> yes, yeah, at helps. some point, at some point next month, uh, a little piece of the ship that Power Girl had shown up, on, or at least was dreaming about, uh, is undersea, and is found by a, uh, a hermit crab. Uh, which uses it as a shell, which is then found by a fisherman, which then attaches itself to his eye and is now searching for Power Girl. And that is the issue. Um, yep, sure is. So Power Girl's had a lot of teases <laughs> since <laughs> since that action comics back up. And I feel like we keep getting like teases and hints and lead up 
And I know the issue's next month, but it feels like it's taking forever because we keep getting those teases and lead-ups and the issue's never coming out. <laughs> it's it's It better be a damn good book to have so much lead-up to it. And I think it will be because that Action Comics backup I thought was really good. And, and this, this story, ultimately, while it was just like a little thing for Power Girl, uh, at least it, it had some kind of payoff because you will get more payoff in Power Girl number one. Um, so I really appreciated that. I, I enjoyed it. The art was really good, and and the Superfam secondary story in this from Philip Kennedy Johnson. I, I just at this point I love seeing that family interact with each other. And I've said before, Cyborg Superman is one of my favorite Superman villains, or just DC villain in general at this point. So I, I'll take any story with Hank Henshaw. Uh, so this this did not disappoint for me. I gave this issue an eight point five, uh, only because it's it it probably would have ranked higher, but it's Night Terrors, and I'm just kind of done with Night Terrors. Wow. <laughs> you are on the full and complete opposite uh, spectrum as I am, dude. Um, I thought the first one, the only thing that was really redeeming about it was the fact that they shipped uh, Page and Omen. Um, other than that, Did I they? think it. I didn't even catch that. Uh, yeah, when they're talking about um, uh, Omen, uh, plant, when Omen's sitting there, uh, well, it's not Omen, it's Insomnia, but looking like oh, Omen. Oh, in the dream, yeah. Singing all alone and shit. And um, Paige says, You've overplayed played your hand, idiot. Omen would never hurt me. And then it goes on to say, "You're you make love sound like a bad thing." So, I'm going to say that, given that they mentioned that and the fact that we see them in their shared apartment together, only I'm going to assume that means they're shipped. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I remember that. So I I just took that as like platonic love, <laughs> like mm-hmm. best friends. But I, I, maybe, yeah, like that'd be interesting. I'm all for that. Her and Omen would make a good pair. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there, there, there wasn't a lot to the story. Um, there was a number of face shots. We had a page where it was too manga styled for me again. It seems to be crossing over a lot into comic books, and I'm starting to get used to it. But this was, this was hella manga in a lot of places. Other places it wasn't. It was normal. It was a little off-putting. The coloring was great, and the art was for the most part. Um, but it was pretty much just like a typical Night Terrors book. It failed to deliver anything of substance. Uh, gave the first part a 5.5. Part 2. This is probably, hopefully, fingers crossedly, the only time I ever talk shit about Philip Kennedy Johnson. Um, <clears throat> all of the rest of the super fam get their shit thrown into one book. Mostly great art. There's nothing here for story. It's bad. 5.5 out of 10 for the whole book. All that. I, I mean, quite honestly, the backup was only because it was Hank Henshaw, though. <laughs> if, it, if it was any other villain, I'd probably feel the same way about you. <laughs> I guess I'm I'm the tiebreaker, but I'm I'm gonna have to side with Rob on this one um, because while it's <laughs> my frozen. No, no, you're good. Okay. Um, because, well, yeah, we're all kind of tired of Night Terrors. You know, this was probably the one that was, like, the least obnoxious. Like, it was fairly solid. Yeah. The last time we talked about Power Girl, 
we both kind of agreed it was a little confusing, but we we're definitely interested. And I'm right there with you. Like we've been getting a lot of teases, but until we actually get to the series itself, like a lot of this stuff is just kind of hanging there, waiting to be unpacked. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see more. Like I like Power Girl, um, and uh, and I, I hope they can do some some interesting character stuff with her. Um, you know, in this upcoming series, and then the backup, um, which I I think Rob and I both agreed, fairly well executed, just like a solid horror story. Um, really good art, and uh, and it's just nice seeing the super family. So I did not rank this one as high as him, but I gave this an eight out of ten. Like just solid stuff. Probably the best, one of the best of the the night terrors tie-ins that we've been forced to read. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically the the same thing I'm feeling. Um, it, it's definitely like the nicest in terms of. Of Night Terror's content, mm-hmm. what it, what I appreciate about this is that what it, what I'm appreciating about certain Night Terror's titles is that it, they're tying it into the stories that you'll get outside of this event, right? Like Green Lantern did that. Action Comics has been doing that with Power Girl. You're going to get more of what was going on in this story. You're going to get lead into that in Power Girl number one. Uh, and I know there was more. I just don't. Oh, Superman had that too. They had teases for what was going on with Superman, like. Like there's certain I appreciate the stories that are that are doing that. I care a little bit less about the stories that are just stories about this, mm, and that's I, it. I, yeah, I'm at the point where I don't give a shit at all about yeah. this. Yeah, um, I feel like this it's one a waste was of time. very loosely tied, and I think the reason why Green Lantern succeeded so well is because it felt way more like just a hell facing his demons kind of story than it was like oh no, hell's trapped in a nightmare world kind of story. I mean, that's exactly yeah. it. Well, yeah, that's, that's I mean, and that's that's why I can't remember if it was, no, it wasn't last week because it wasn't here, but whatever week we talked about uh, Zatanna, we were kind of just like, this is a story that would have worked even outside of Night Terrors because it's just a fun pairing. And like, yeah. you like seeing them work together and, you know, they could have been up against, I don't know, the fucking... I'm like struggling to come up with a C-list villain for some reason. Like, I don't know, Condiment King or something. It would be entertaining. Yeah. I mean, I mean as, if that as rumor book is true, like, we're going to get hex and violence. Yeah, so. Uh, Zatanna and Robot Man versus the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Maybe, like, like. Suicide Squad book like we've never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine Peacemaker fighting Robot Man? Like, I just want to read those word balloons. I can already hear Cliff just like, dude, why are you so serious? (laughs) You fucking Um, dick. (laughs) (laughs) With with Green Lantern as well, it's, it's a story realistically about fear, and if you have a Green Lantern story about fear, you're going to have a good Green Lantern story end of the day uh, yeah so I, I i do want to say that character's kind of cheating <laughs> in this <laughs> regard um hey it is what it is though but like it's 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 realistically the same idea with every event if you have a tie-in that is italian just for the sake of being a tie-in it's not really worth it if it doesn't yeah. add anything to the main story why are you here i think i actually talk about that later on in one of my other reviews uh i <laughs> Might 
just be doing the same because <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling that too. Uh, so speaking of Nate Terrors, we're going to get on to Nate Terrors Detective Comics number two, brought to us by Brandon. Yes, Nate Terrors Detective Comics number two, brought to us by Brandon, uh, written by Dan Waters with art. For sorry, I had to be a little cheeky. Um, with art by cheeky Ricardo Federici. Yeah, uh, Mike Perkins and Stefano Raphael. Colors from Brad Anderson, Mike Spicer, and Lee Lowridge. And letters from Steve Wands. We answer a little bit of, uh, uh, not so much a mystery, but I guess um, adding a little bit more detail as to the summoning we saw with last month's Detective Comics as we meet one Mortimer Blake who had been recruited by a mysterious woman to summon the Pentapriests from the Fifth Dimension to bring some kind of order and justice to Gotham. Um, and we find that this whole confession um, that uh, that Blake had left is in the hands of Jim Gordon, who just witnessed, I have forgotten her name already, but the other woman, um, Sorrow. I keep wanting to call her, like, it's Vanderbar, but it's not. Stacia Vanderbar is a character from Prometheus. Sorrow. Sorrow. No, not Sorrow, the, the other woman. Oh. I don't remember her name. Um, it's, it's not really important, honestly. She's dead. Um, she doesn't matter. She's superfluous. Um, but anyway, so Jim is sort of reading up on all of this stuff. And now that he has his name and has a little bit more uh, information about the people involved in the summoning, he's going to use that to try and go after the monstrous uh, Roe Bunny suit um, and, uh, and try his best to bring it down, which he does in a little bit of uh, Rambo-style action, driving straight into the thick of it in a GCPD uh, car. Uh, it is sort of caught in the crossfire and all that stuff and is trying to basically get the uh, the monstrous Roe Batman to, uh, to surrender through, you know, appeals to his humanity and all that stuff. But it seems like he's just not having it. Um, and unfortunately... Jim is going to have to resort to some cruel tricks in order to bring it down, which he does, um, firing at the self-destruct container, which I don't even, I mean, mind you, I've skipped over quite a bit of Super Heavy, but I don't remember the robot suit ever having a self-destruct option. Really? But in any case, Jim shoots that, it detonates, it uh, manages to take out the monstrous version of this, um, this man, but also at the cost of blowing up half his face um, and ultimately leaving him more and more wounded. Jim has a conversation with the Penta priests and they sort of reveal to him who had originally given uh, these three good people of Gotham the information about how to summon the Penta priests. And there we find out that it was Barbara Gordon all along. Oh my God, how could this be? Um, and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Babs in a, a kind of a moment of, of uh, last grief as she's also dying reveals that she was kind of the one who had uh, found the clock on the dark web and was the one who kind of instructed uh, the good people of Gotham on how to bring the Pentapriests into uh, into our dimension. Um, but before Jim can get any more questions or even process just what the fuck is going on, Jim wakes up or rather the Pentapriests wake him up and he's sort of just left contemplating the horrible nightmare that he'd had tries to call barbara but she doesn't pick up because it's the middle of the night and he's just left in his feelings 
And in our little epilogue, a mysterious man shows up, presumably in some clock shop or clock store, maybe in or outside of Gotham, and is inquiring after the mysterious uh, clock that we saw, summon the Prentice priests, um, and is, you know, presumably going to acquire it and use it for his own nefarious purposes. And that is Night Terrors Detective Comics number ten, a book that is gorgeous to look at. Okay in story, has some nice poignant moments, but overall is not all that memorable. So mm -hmm. I gave it a, I originally gave it a seven point seven five out of ten, but going through Ricardo Federici's art, it's just breathtaking in some panels. So I have to give it an eight, but I, I wish I could speak as highly as the story as I do on the art. I I did give it a 7.75 as well, but I was mostly because of the art and the fact that I did enjoy Super Heavy and I liked Rookie. So <laughs> having Nightmare Rookie was kind of cool. Oh, look at that. All our viewers left. <laughs> <laughs> Every damn one. <laughs> I didn't say it was your fault. I just thought it was timing. That's all. Well, that's uh, uh, it was a just, <laughs> just just nonstop just boo. Okay, you liked Bat Bunny. I Don't know call it rookie. You heard me call him Row Bunny. That was like a very derogatory term because yeah. it looks like a robot bunny. I call him Batty Darko. I get it. When it comes to fans of later Scott Snyder <laughs> Batman, you know, Rob's just like I've heard all the complaints. They, I know there are twos of us. Uh, that's it. <laughs> literally There's like two. two of you you're loosely connected <laughs> on reddit i cannot <laughs> wait to actually the, the viewership the of, or not the viewership the readership of batman went from like 100k to two for about a, a couple months yeah but just just for this this injustice to jim gordon as batman i'm going to reread super heavy tonight oh <laughs> I enjoyed it that much. I was all for Jim Gordon as Batman. A bug. Anyway. Well, that's insane. But... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I enjoyed Nightmare Rookie. I thought that was cool, even though it wasn't really Bat Bunny suit. It was some dumbass. Um, and the art was quite good, but I'm actually going to like... It it really was not that memorable. I'm bringing it down to like a seven, seven, seven out of ten. Like it's it's exactly what I was saying in the last issue, like in in the action comics review we were just talking about. Like this had no purpose. It had no meaning. It had no rhyme or reason to be a story apart from the fact that Night Terrors was out and Detective Comics is a like main series, like a mainstay title. So we need to have a tie-in for Detective. No, you don't need to have a story, a tie-in for Detective Comics. If you don't have a story, you don't have a story. This right. is a story that existed because Night Terror started, but it's not. Are that you telling me that you didn't want to read a story where Jim and Barbara start cracking for no reason? I mean, Crack, I don't hate the idea, up, but it's maybe. just like I, I'm definitely with Rob. I'm like, what, what was the point of this? Like if. If you just wanted to tell a nightmarish story about Jim Gordon, just make a Detective Comics annual with this team and just have it be a solo one-off story. But they're like marketing it with all this Night Terror stuff and it's just like, what's, what's the point? 
serves no purpose. It's just there to kind of fill a space. I'm I'm with you there as well. Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. About me? Oh, Brandon. Oh. Showing off your Green Lantern shirt. Oh um, no. <laughs> there there was a it? little thing on my uh webcam. Would you give it for a score, Brandon? I said eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. All right. I believe um, Rob said seven point five out of ten or seven point seven five out of ten and then lowered it to seven. Well, um, I'm with you guys as far as the team. The team is great. I just couldn't get into it at all. The art is really, really good, as you would expect. But this was just a really weird story. And, I mean, Detective Comics has definitely been taking a different approach as of late since Rom V <clears throat> took control of the book. And I don't have a problem with it, but this felt... Uh, slow and along his style for this and it I just I just couldn't get into it uh, that's really all I gotta say about it uh, this definitely could have been skipped the, the art threw it through the roof so I gave it a six point to, a six out of ten fair enough I, I think we we're all pretty much on the same page though roughly Roughly, yeah. Roughly. But Roughly. My, com my just a comic book score is five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still under the same idea. Yes, sir. In a way. Uh, all right, and that'll lead us into our last book for the main show, Unstoppable Doom Patrol, finally. Something yes. good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number five, written by Dennis Culver, art and colors inside and on the cover from Chris Burnham and Brian Reaver, Pat Brazo on letters. The insane story continues an unstoppable Doom Patrol in New Poplar, Illinois, the home of the Metagen Corporation. The team is engaged in the town, but the on the other side of things, the Chief Flit and Niles Calder go in the back way to the company that has been turning powered people into weapons. The CEO, Brian McLean, it just sounds like a dick. Sets the whole town up as a trap to lure the Doom Patrol there, sending false info to Mento because Mento is kept um, so powered down. He can't tell that it's bullshit. Um, McLean uses tech to knock out uh, Flint and Chief and puts some power-reducing collars on him and then starts his sales pitch to Calder. He wants to hire him. Turns out that the research that Metagen is doing is built off of the catastrophe theory, and the catastrophe theory is what uh, Calder uh, used. Uh, basically, that the, the catastrophe theory is what caused the origin of the Doom Patrol. Um, he made a prototype, uh, McLean did, Meta Woman. And that didn't work out so well. She was sent out to take down the Doom Patrol by lethal means if necessary, but then has a reaction to the experiment and turns into a wart-covered blob. Um, while the sales spiel is going on, Calder's chair finds the suppression collar's frequency and releases Flit and Chief. Flit tears McLean apart after it's revealed that he's a robot, but not before we find out that Metagen's experiments are funded by Amanda Waller. I'm not a Burnham fan, 
Um, I'm just not. But this dude was made to draw Doom Patrol. Uh, his wacky style fits the wacky book perfectly, and though the story is nuts, Dennis Culver is nailing it as Doom Patrol. I really yeah. like this, and there's only two more issues to go, so that sucks, but I won't put that into the score. 7.75 out of 10. Um... I, I pretty much agree with the whole thing, except I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. The only thing I think that pushed the stopper from getting a 9 is the fact that I, what I realized in this issue is that each issue feels like it's jumping in the, like, starting in right in the middle of a story. That's a Doom Patrol trademark. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, it happened. It, it's not like it's unfamiliar territory. Like kind it's, of, I mean, it's yeah, an interesting it story. It doesn't just like, just like completely leave you in the cold. I'm not saying this story did because it, it definitely feels like you know we've we've been following a, a linear narrative. But yeah, yeah, I would say usually you know most most, uh, maybe with the exception of like a couple of one and dones from the Morrison and Pollock run, but mm -hmm. yeah, usually that's like it has a pretty clear start. Um, anyway, like the, you, you're definitely getting the whole story here across the five issues you've had so far, yeah. but but it just feels like you're missing pieces because it's like the issue ends where it's supposed to end. I mean, there's a clear ending, but like you mm -hmm. feel like you missed the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no lead into this mission that they're going on. There's no lead into like what they're doing there, why they're doing it, and you're kind of just picking those pieces up along the way as they're doing the mission. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a really weird storytelling method, but yeah, I don't hate it. It's just really awkward for me. I just feel like I'm missing a chunk of story. It's um, different for Culver to write this way too, but I'm I'm yeah. Yeah, it's like it's it's still really good. That's 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 part of the note that I had about that. It's still really good, uh, and the plot is getting thicker here. Like we're getting a lot more of the the overall plot uh, leading up to the end in issue seven, which is only two issues away. It feels like there's so much more to see. I yeah. want this to go on longer. Well, I'm I'm a little concerned because I mean this it feels like there's a lot of stuff that they want to touch on but they probably won't have time mm -hmm. because they've been teasing, you know, the conflict with the chief, the conflict with Jane's underground. It sounds like a band. Um <laughs> <laughs> Jane's addiction, Jane's underground. I've been caught stealing. Yeah. Well, um, um and then I was trying to. Oh, they they were teasing the other thing with the um, what's the the like secret agent who's been working with uh, Peacemaker. I'm forgetting that Worm. I think his name was. Oh yeah. Um, and then you know the um, the General Mortis thing. So I don't know how they're gonna wrap all this stuff up in like three issues. Yeah, um, not a lot of time. Yeah. Maybe we'll get lucky and it'll get extended to 14, because that's about how many it would need to address everything. Yeah. Sat satisfactorily. At least. I guess I just, I would have expected to have heard something by now, but who knows? Yeah, you really would have with two issues left. Yeah. I guess that's I mean, wishful thinking. I mean, I Poison Ivy, I think, got extended with one issue left, so. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember when uh, Swamp Thing got extended. 
I, I might have that, been like, that was also like one issue left or something. For yes, one that that might have, have been a little bit lighter. Yeah. No doubt that Swamp Thing and Poison Ivy have more readers than Doom Patrol, unfortunately. Oh, but that might not be the case with uh, TV show fans picking it up. Exactly. And, you know, the, the cast is all here, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, that yeah. works. But that's it. Yeah. Brandon, did you give your score? I did not. I gave this one an 8.5. I'm still just having a, a really fun time. With this series, a lot more than I, I think I expected um, when initially started, um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, just another solid entry. Again, I just I wish there was a way they could kind of keep it going so they could yeah. really explore a lot of this stuff. Um, I right, think I feel I like hope the they don't jump the ball on it, but the biggest take at least three issues. Yeah, but you know the big uh, the big mystery that I kind of was like. Oh, I, I really hope they can do more with that because it's it's a concept that's always been fascinating with the character. But with Jade taking on the new chief persona, I was like, okay, are they gonna maybe? You don't need to explain it in depth, but you know, maybe give a little bit more background on it. But I get the feeling it's just that's gonna be like a neat little novelty for this series, and then you know, if we ever see it again, we'll be lucky. Yeah, I mean, after the tease they had that there's there's a little more going on than we might suspect. Yeah, uh, it would be nice to get a little bit more on that plot. But hope so. Yeah, we'll see. All right, anybody listening, rally behind, for, rally to DC behind Doom Patrol, and tell them we need five more issues of this. We mean DC Comics, not DC Washington. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, we don't need another one of those. Jesus Christ, no! All right. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, yeah. Well, I guess that's it for the main show, huh? That's yeah. That's <laughs> pretty, yep. pretty yeah. quick. We got <laughs> we got three issues. Uh, I ranked them: Action Comics in third, Detective in second, and Doom Patrol in first. I, I'm pretty close, pretty close to that. And uh, honestly, I feel like the best uh, uh, Beast Girl pouting that she couldn't get into the fight. She says, she says, I want to break stuff, too. That was my favorite moment out of all three books. <laughs> yeah. That that almost made my favorite moments, and, and then I didn't have one. <laughs> it's just, like, it, it, it was maybe my favorite moment of the week, but I feel like it didn't really have, like, a best moment vibe yeah. to it. Apart from that, there wasn't really anything stand out for me in terms nope. of favorite moments. Um and my top three is almost the same as yours. I had uh, Action Comics at number three, uh, but instead of Detective Comics, I had Dark Knights of Steel number 12 at number two, and Doom Patrol at number one. All right. Nice. Uh, for me, I had... Ooh, sorry. Um, I had KT Detective Comics number two at three, KT Action Comics number two at two, and uh, Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number five at number one. Now you heard it here first, folks. Unstoppable Doom Patrol is kick-ass. Yeah. <laughs> that it is. All right. Uh-oh. Well, it uh, looks like Rob disappeared somewhere real quick. Not sure where he went. 
<laughs> but I will do my best to bring him back real quick. Well, it looks like both of my compatriots are gone. I am awful sorry about that. But I will tell you guys what. I will wrap the show up and figure out where those guys are so we can do our bonus show. So how does that sound? Pretty good? I know. I heard it from you. Um, so, again, that's us wrapping up the show. We're going to get out of here so you have to as well. Be careful out there, and remember, in the Geek Matrix, you are not alone. <laughs>